Oh gosh, Lauren, I, I don't know what I don't know. I don't. I got nothing, girl. It's okay I because I always have a backup plan, and that backup plan is and always will be boobs. Oh, she's showing me that cover, that Dazzler. I love it. Oh, I love every minute of it. Oh, the best cover. Listen, I totally respect everybody has their own favorite covers they get for every issue. But if you didn't get the Dazzler variant for Judgment Day number six, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, I, I don't know how you resist that. I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care if you buy physical comics normally or not. How do you resist this cover? I agree. It is gorgeous. And one of these days, I'm going to cosplay as Dazzler. It's on my yes! list for sure. Yes! I just gotta, I just gotta tone up the body a little bit, make it a little bit. Girl, how many times do I have to tell you? You already have the body. You just need the right oh. accessories and dressing, cause that's what it is. Listen, Dazzler. Okay, she looks good, but she doesn't look good because she's in the best shape of her life or anything. Even though, again, she looks good. I'm not saying she's not in good shape, guys. Calm down. But like, she looks good because she presents herself. She's got the confidence. She sets her presentation up, which is her body and her clothes and everything, and she's ready to go. So you just gotta be ready to go. Well, I'm always ready to go. I just need to like tighten and tone just a little, just a stitch. I'm going to tighten and tone this attitude about yourself. You are simply amazing. You already have it. Oh my God, girl. Oh my God, girl. Okay. Welcome to my weekly therapy session. <laughs> uh, I save money. I save money this way by having Lauren just compliment me and I just eat them all up. Like, no, 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 no. I love those compliments. Listen, anyway. how, however uh, you take all the compliments in is fine by me because it means I don't have to compliment myself. So, ha ha, diversion. <laughs> and that's what I'm for because welcome everybody back to Simply Amazing. I am Elisa, aka the OG Nocturne. And before me is this beautiful woman. This is not a girl. This is, as Britney Spears said, once said, not a girl, but yet a woman. I'm changing the lyrics, but yet a woman. Was that right her? Or was Lauren. that Christina Aguilera? It must have, I'm going to go oh, with girl. you and say it was Britney. Oh, girl. Listen, Ooh, I know I, I slipped. Never. I slipped. I slipped. But I had to make never. sure. <laughs> never argue with me about Britney because I will school you every time. <laughs> See, and this is why you are like not only such a great ally, but you fit in with the gays so well. You may not be, but your love for Britney already makes you basically a part of the family. Like, that's how it is i mean i love britney i love goldie hawn i love uh i love i just love i love share oh my god i love share like, i should have i should have been born a man so i could be a drag queen <laughs> really anyway lauren oh i need to show you something before we get started because we're gonna talk about judgment day number six but i need yes. to show you something i started a craft today okay i started making i started making these little things i just lost one and i decided that i would make a necklace craft if you can see it that's Kurt. Oh yeah! Bulge Didn't she put pictures speedo? on Twitter? I did. I tweeted them. That's Kurt's bulge in a speedo, and there's Superman's butt. I I need so. ten of those. Start an Etsy shop, girl. You're gonna make so much money. We pay for sex. Listen, I know we're all like sex should be the thing that sells. Even I'm like that. Okay, but like sex sells, and I'm a whore. I will take one of each. <laughs> I gotta be. I gotta be honest. I might have to keep Kurt's bulge in a speedo, but you know what? For the right bidder, it might go. Who knows? We'll see. I'll figure out what I'm gonna do with it. I'll tell you right now. If we end up getting a table at uh, Uncanny X Men, the Uncanny Experience, uh, I'll be selling them there. But yeah, I'm very excited about it. I made like a hundred of them today, and I've ordered like a thousand more. So I really am excited. But we're not here to talk about that. But, we're here to talk about Judgment Day. But you distracted me with Kurt's bulge. What the hell, Lisa? All right, all right. I will put I will put Kurt's bulge away. So uh, it's not a distraction. Uh, you took anymore. the candy away. Why would you do that to me? It's Halloween. I'm just gonna 
I'll just hold it up in front of the screen and you can just stand Iconic. And pretend like Kurt's Bald. Seriously. Pretend like Kurt's Bald. That, that should be like half the merch we sell. It's just pictures of Kurt's butt and bulge and tail. And Her beard. Lord. Can't forget his uh, beard. Her Lord, I'm Kurt's Bald. <laughs> uh, I hope it doesn't talk like that. Otherwise, I might need some earplugs. <laughs> I'll still follow. <laughs> it probably does talk just like Tommy Lee's dick talked in, in pa- uh, Pam and Tommy. But, oh, um, Jesus. We're not, we're, we are... We are so fucking off the rails. Let's get back to it. We're going to talk about Judgment Day number six, where everything finally comes together. And guess what? Spoiler alert. The heroes win. Much thanks to our boy. Of course. Of course they do. Like, how you can't have an event like this end and the heroes don't win somehow. Like, this wasn't going to be that life-changing and, like, completely resetting the entire universe. I know some people were theorizing that it might reset Krakoa for the X-Men. No, absolutely not. No. It Krakow has got another one to five years at least in my head, but that's just me. Um, and the only one who should reset Krakoa is Krakoa. Correct. The only reset, the only way that I want a reset of Krakoa is Krakoa being like, "I'm done with these bitches living on me," and starts eating them. Nom nom nom. <laughs> is that the theme of today's episode? Nom nom nom. Nom 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 nom. nom. Yes, that's the theme of today's episode. Uh, eat them up, Krakoa. Just start. So who who would he start with? Who's a snack? Oh god, they're all oh, snacks. Oh, a snack? I don't know. I think I think Sinister would be a good snack. Do you know what though? Here's the thing. You know who he's gonna start with, and I hate this, is Kyle. Can't defend himself. Poor Kyle! Kyle can't, can't fucking win. He can't defend himself. And he's like he's like living there, and I, I guarantee Kyle is spending his days being like like counting down the minutes of like when is all this gonna just fucking crumble around us? Because like Kyle knows. Kyle knows the way the world works better than anyone else. And he's just like, this right. is going to go to hell and I'm going to be the one to get eaten. Oof. It's a big uh, oof. Yeah. Well, all that said, again, there's no crazy, you know, everything has changed forever kind of switch here, except one thing that we'll get to. There's one kind of bigger thing that comes into play and it does have to do with the resurrection protocols, which yes. makes sense to me because there's so much emphasis on that and the fact that everyone in the world knows about them now. Um, so that had to get addressed. But one thing that was interesting about this issue was how much it relied on the, the big celestial that was doing the attacking. It revolved on it having feelings basically in the end, like in the end, it, it it kind of felt some empathy and that's basically what made everything working possible and that empathy i think a lot of that came from ajak the whole situation with ajak and with the celestial it reminds me a lot of like vulcans and spock and like those kinds of people who only work in logic and it's very mm-hmm. hard to get to them emotionally and to to you know obviously there's this the celestial was not going to have an emotional response to anything. He wasn't going to like, he doesn't care that people are upset and dying and crying. It's like, it's everything for him is quantifiable. And Mm -hmm. you had to speak to him on that level. And I think that's what Ajax does is she speaks to him on a level of like, you know, you know, how can I, you know, how can I, how can you be my God and do these things? And how can, you know, all this, which kind of breaks his brain a little bit. You can see, you know, the smoke coming out of his ears and he's like, error. Right. 404. So I thought that was really interesting. I liked how how they incorporated that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and essentially, you know, Ajax kind of molds to the celestial and becomes this higher being, which, you know, we'll get to as we talk more about this. But I wanted to just talk about before we get to the actual 
further of the plot and what happens with the resurrection stuff at the end. Um, just some favorite like moments because there's a yeah. lot of action that happens here. You know, there's not a lot of plot through a lot of the issue. It's just building up to the big moment with the celestial and Ajax and these decisions. Um, one of my favorite moments was that panel with Kurt and uh, Steve Cap. Um, you know, he teleports him in, and Steve is like, "Listen, it's not too late to stop. You can surrender. This is your last warning." And mm-hmm. one thing I noticed about this panel that's odd to me. And I don't know if this, I'm hoping this was an intentional creative choice because that's a letterer's job. But the lettering on that panel is completely different than the entire rest of the lettering of the issue. It's so much bigger. It's got that bold print kind of around the the um, the speaking bubbles and stuff, the text bubbles. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just ridiculous how different, and, and ridiculous doesn't mean bad. It's just, again, it's just shockingly different than the rest of the lettering style of this issue that is very, you know, smaller print, even the stuff between the celestial and black and red versus people in white and black, it still looks the same other than the color scheme. Here, it's just so out there. And I'm kind of like, is this to show how loud Steve's yelling? But it's also weird because typically to show that with letterers, they do like the zigzag lines around it mm-hmm. instead of just bolding the circle. So I'm not sure what the choice was here, like what the reasoning was behind that. But it it, it, it makes a statement of some sort. I think it is intentional. I don't know if it's just a matter of the way they had to make it look so that it could be legible. Um, but I could see it. I mean, I didn't even notice it until you brought it up. But I could almost see it as like like a point of desperation because they've done so much and they've tried so much and they just keep throwing things at the celestial and literally nothing has worked yet. Like just nothing has worked. Everything they've tried has not worked, which is why eventually they, they decide to reason with him. And that actually works incredibly. Yeah. And upsetting to me. So I know we're supposed to say favorite moments, um, but I have to point out Tony Stark has a good moment here with Gene and I am mad about it because I hate him. But whatever, you know, he's got some hope and he's like, we have to try. And, you know, so he, he inspires him to continue trying even when things seem hopeless, blah, blah, blah. But then Gene, Gene does so much work in this issue. And as somebody who loves Gene, even when everybody else hates her for reasons I still don't understand, I'm living for it. I love seeing her in the spotlight and there ain't no other man, you know, behind her, in front of her. It is just Jean doing her damn thing. Good for her. I like that. Uh, Hashtag Mm. just Jean. I love Jean. Don't get, I mean, I'm a big Jean fan. I love her. Um, And by the way, going back to the Tony thing, like give the guy a break. Just like he says to Steve at the end of the issue, just let him have this one. I will let him have this one thing. I'll never let Hank Hank McCoy have anything. Tony, I'll let him have this one. See, I was going to not bring that up until later, but since you brought it up, I am glad to talk about it because I love that scene at the end where after all this crazy shit, Tony and Steve are talking. Tony's like, hey, man, just, just let me have this shit. And, even, and again, here's the thing with Steve. Steve will give anybody anything. He is so understanding. He's so empathetic. He doesn't care. Sure, take it. Whatever makes you happy, peeps. I am here to help. But with Tony fucking Stark... He will tell that man no all goddamn day long. And it makes me so happy. Because even there, he's just like, essentially, fuck off, Tony. Like, yeah. no, I won't give it to you. And honestly, he's right. Absolutely not, Tony. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, I like I like that Steve is kind of like, it was part you. Like, like, it, like, of course it's a, of course it was okay with you. It was you. Like, but- right. No, I love that. Okay, listen, I love seeing that, 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 um, 
that we kind of see that because the celestial is flawed, that's a huge part of the celestial kind of getting empathy as well and things like that is the celestial is flawed. You know, they think they're so logical, like you said, Lisa, like, you know, Spock on Star Trek and Vulcans and such. But the thing is, is that you're not because you're made by a human. You're made by fucking Tony. And part of this celestial is Tony, who is whether you love him or not, you can love the man. That's fine. I don't agree, but it's fine. But he is so flawed, right? And so that's going to be evident in the celestial no matter what. And it's funny because I'm looking at the page here where we kind of see the celestial break down and everything finally starts to kind of close with the celestial where he's talking to, I think it's Ajax, right? And he goes, I have given up everything to save everyone. You are my maker, Ajax, and my worthy God. And she just says no and gives him a fucking thumbs Mm -hmm, down. mm -hmm. And he goes, you're correct. I ask you if this be better. And to me, that's also a very Tony Stark-like death. Like, this is, this, this would be a great death for Tony Stark. If this were Tony Stark, I would like to see this for him because he is realizing all his flaws and the consequences of that and the fact that he isn't better than everybody else like he tends to think he is. And then he realized he accepts the judgment, right? I feel like this could possibly... Maybe this is just being hopeful, but this, to me, this could lead to an actual redemption of his character over the next couple of years. And this could kind of foreshadow his own kind of judgment and, and growth mm-hmm. in character over the years. That's just me being super hopeful, though. I'm probably reaching, but I mean, that stands out. Yeah, I don't really care about Tony Stark at all. So I mean, <laughs> if, if, he, if he gets you better or worse, I won't notice. But um, I will say, though. I do. I know enough about Tony to know little things, and like, so Tony is an addict. Tony's an alcoholic, and I think that a lot of what we see being, almost a lot of what we see being played out with the Celestial is like an addict's journey to kind of recovery, where you start out with. So you start out like as an, not. I'm not talking about me specifically, but like I, I addict addicts in general when they when they're recovering, they start out as you know, thinking they know everything and that they, they, they try, they try to hold control of everything, right? They're trying to be in control. And that's a big part of the addiction is being in control. And it takes that moment of, and you know, like there's that, like the 12 step saying about giving your life up or giving yourself over to a higher power and everything. And it takes that moment of realizing that you are not in control and that, you know, you have to humble yourself. And that's exactly what this guy, what, what this celestial does. I don't know if this was intentional and supposed to be kind of like a, an addict's like a uh like a like a correlation to Tony's own addiction issues but I just thought it was interesting that the celestial kind of goes through that moment of thinking he's in control thinking he knows better thinking he knows everything and then he's humbled by Ajax and then he has to turn himself over to a higher power which becomes Ajax right so I thought that was brilliant yeah no absolutely and I can see that those parallels you're drawing there um I really just love the overall themes too with you know I, I mean, almost like what makes a God, right? Mm-hmm. Like he said, am I a worthy God? And so this shows that even gods can be judged. And I think that's a huge theme that can be, you know, like um, our, our friend Mason for Comics and Crosses, he was on here a while ago. Um, he really looks at, you know, religion through the Christian lens and stuff on his YouTube channel, which is really cool stuff, even if you're not Christian, because I'm not, mm-hmm. but I find it fascinating, his takes. And I don't know. I might have to bother him and be like, hey, will you talk about this? Because, I mean, the fact that, you know, many religions, you know, focus on, oh, like this, this God can judge us all. We don't judge them. Well, why not? Why, why do the people not also hold their gods or their leaders accountable? So I think that's very fascinating to see here. Um, 
And I think it's just cool because this this event has really shown that humanity wins no matter what. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a mutant, whether you're a god, whether you're human, whether you have super soldier serum, whether you're just tired of existing and just want to go home and eat dinner with your husband, wife, whoever, you know, humanity's always going to win in the end. Um, I mean, a compromise this this other being, you know, who's supposed to be a god who's a celestial who's machine who's tony who's whatever else it's just crazy so yeah Yeah. i really enjoyed all 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 those themes here and basically with that said you know that celestial basically it looks like merges with ajak so now she is ajak celestia once eternal ever eternal i am your new god makari so she's essentially in charge of the Eternals more than ever, I think. Can I just say, Ajax Celestia is a phenomenal drag name. Oh my god, you're so right. Somebody right? call dibs on it. Somebody Ajax- call dibs. Ajax Celestia, that is brilliant drag name. I love it. Um, yeah, that That's the one thing I want to bring up is the, the only characters, the only team that has real changes to their status quo are the Eternals. But I think that has to do with like, nobody really gives a shit about the Eternals. Let's be real. You know what I mean? If they had irrevocably changed one of the X-Men, everybody would have lost their goddamn mind. Well, they did change X-Men stuff though. That's, I I would, I would, I was going to say. They changed X-Men stuff, but they didn't, it's not like they took one of the, it's not like they took Scott and gave him like 16 eyes and, and made him like, uh, like white or whatever. I don't know. You know, like, like. Star yeah. flight, not like what he is. White, There's but. only so much. I mean, again, I don't think to me as an X-Men reader, there's been no buildup for such a big change like that in Krakoa. Whereas since I don't read the main Eternals line, but I've heard it's good, I think there's probably been more buildup there for an event like this for the Eternals to have a big change. So I think logically, even though I totally get you, like, who cares about the Eternals? But some people do, and they should. There's lots of cool shit with the Eternals mythology. Um but yeah, like the X Men just weren't set up for that yet. So yeah, but it's not just Ajax. Also, they killed um, what's her face now, Cersei. So yes, they did, which is definitely a bigger change. Um, but was what is interesting too for the X Men is that even though like no major person was killed permanently, you know, because people died, they were brought back. That's what happens. In case you guys are wondering and haven't read this for some reason, and you trust what Lisa and I say. Um, they ba- God, the Celestial ends up, you know, saying, here, Ajax, blah, blah, blah. Ajax takes over. They bring back everybody. So everybody's like, woohoo, yay. Um, we do see the Eternals apologize in front of, like, what, the World Nations and, and publicized TV, because we see the camera, where um, Eternal Zuras is um, the speaker. Um, so he's the Prime Eternal is what it's called. So he's the one kind of speaking for all of them. And and public apologizes to Storm, who represents the X-Men, obviously. And Kurt, I love him. Look, he's a big leader, man. He deserves it. He's the best. Oh, my God. I love how he's bending down. Like, he's bending the knee to Storm. It's like, yeah, bend the knee, bitch. Exactly. She's your queen now. She, I don't, Ajax is a god, whatever. She can go fly around, but Storm is a queen. So, well, d- see, this is why you read X-Men Red, because she rejected being called the queen recently. She does not want to be called a queen. She just wants to take care of her shit. <laughs> well, listen, listen, she's a, she is a queen but she's not the queen because she's yes, like she's absolutely. like i'm a regal bitch but i don't want the responsibility that's amen hey yeah. she is right there listen same i want none of the responsibility none of the accountability just getting my shit done and minding my business um but yeah Literally. so 
you know, Xeros uh, apologizes without reservation for the war of the mutant people, and they offer a treaty of alliance. And they also offer the people of Araco, specifically the weapon that was used against them, Uranos, for an hour to do with what you will. Um, to my knowledge, we don't see what that looks like, so I don't know if that's going to happen in X-Men Rather Not, but I'm kind of like, what are you guys going to do with a weapon? Like, are you guys going to go, like, start a war with another planet or something? Like, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, just mind your business. So, like, I have a feeling that eventually, I mean, I think this is something in the back pocket. I don't think this is something that's going to happen right away. It might be something that is saved for a later story. I mean, let's be real. I don't know that the Iraqi and the Earth mutants are always going to be peaceful together. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's going to be, I feel like there might come a time where the Iraqi are like, stop sending your people to fucking rule us. Like, stop mm. sending your people to us to rule us because we've ruled ourselves for this fucking long. So stop sending people over here like Magneto and Storm and whatever. They're not us. They don't, they don't, they don't. Well, I, again, with, with this event though, like within the X-Men Red Book and such, there has been some changes there where Storm's assuming another role, I think again, like, I again, Storm is like the figurehead and the person of Iraqi, like she's all over there. So as long as she maintains the order there, I think they'll be fine. But the second Storm loses that order or she says fuck it or somebody like gets her out of the way or distracts her from what she needs to do, then yeah, like it's all yeah. hands. Yeah, everybody's going to be jumping around like you said. But well, yeah, Dru- Druig is now sharing a cell with Uranus. I'm just gonna call him that. Um, honestly, yes. And honestly, I love this punishment because he's just stuck there. And so he goes, let's see what Uranus can do with the next thousand years or so. I love that drugs being punished for a thousand years. So much better than death. So much better than multiple I mean, deaths. It's just a thousand great. years or so. You know what I mean? So and like they can't kill him and bring him back because that would have to they'd have to kill a human to do that. And now that the humans know that the Eternals do that, it's not a good thing. Right. Well, so yeah, so um Zeros says that basically I'm not worried about you guys having some DNA with deviants, whatever. You're not deviants in the way that counts, blah blah blah. So so that's settled. That that's all good. Um I love know. the little I love the little scene with Kurt with them getting pelted with I it looks like tomatoes and cans. Mm-hmm. And, and Kurt's like, you'll get used to it. It's like, I've been hated my whole life. Don't worry. Like, yeah, he's like, I'm fucking used to shit. And of course, Star Fox is like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, people go like, wow, you're hot shit, man. And now it's like, yeah, g- like, get in line. Like, I, this is- I do believe that this is kind of like the opposite of a conversation they had previously in the series, which I did not go back and reread, of course, because God forbid I prepare myself for these podcasts. But Maybe. um, but I believe that they had an earlier conversation where Kurt was talking about something and like about being loved and Star Fox is like, Oh, get used to it. You're going to be loved after this. And guess what? It went the opposite way and people still hate the mutants, but they'll live with them because the mutants are going to do good by certain ones as why don't you tell about, talk about what happened next with the Phoenix. What's it called again? The Phoenix foundation foundation. Yes. So I actually really love this. I had, I wouldn't have thought of this at all, but I think it, it works really well, especially for Jean's character and, I think I'll give her a chance to shine again, kind of like she did with, you know, the 2018, I think it was, X-Men Redline that Tom Taylor wrote, um, where she's more of a leader and she gets to stand out without being in somebody else's shadow. This is a good opportunity. So she decides that with this, the Phoenix Foundation, um, it'll be a body independent from Krakoa, which means she will be the one personally scanning for those who are selected for immediate backup and recovery. So she is going to start, even though 
they still have to prioritize, you know, bringing back their mutants. She is going to start also helping on her own um, bring back humans, which I mean, that's huge. That can impact every single book in Marvel potentially that so, that's not just an x-men change that can again if we see like a human hero die in an avengers book they can just cry out the, the other avengers alive and cry out the g and be like gene we need you to move them up the queue <laughs> like this is I'm, wild i'm gonna need them to bring back miss america and the wizard immediately because i need them both back i don't know why i love them so much but i do love them so much um probably because the connection that they, they fake connection they have to pietro and wanda but i just love miss america and the wizard however okay on paper, the Phoenix Foundation sounds great. On paper. But you know what it really reminds me of? It really reminds me of the college admission scandal that happened a couple years ago with Aunt Becky and uh, Felicity Huffman. Do you remember that? So, yeah, how does it like that? Okay. So basically, for those uninitiated on the college admission scandal, what it was was the college admissions. So the way college admissions works, and I'm going to explain this really quickly, and I don't even know if I'm going to explain it well because I, I it's... My understanding is tenuous about it, but I, I get the point. Uh, basically, the way college admissions work is they admit people based on merit, but then they do have spots that are like available for certain um, like affirmative action and for like certain minorities or, or underprivileged people to come in and have those slots. And what the admission scandal was, was they were taking advantage of like an athletics loophole and to get these really, really rich kids who had no like had no action on paper. They had nothing. Like they had, they had no, there was no reason that they should allow, be allowed to have this spot, but they would use athletics and be like, oh, actually she's a freaking amazing rower. So here's a picture of her rowing and, you know, uh, take a look at that. And, and, you know, and, and then suddenly they're in, but they don't actually, you know, they're, they're getting in on these merits that are baseless rather than people who are underprivileged and deserve that spot. So that's what this, that's what I'm worried about happening here. There are too many people on Krakoa who are money-minded who I could see trying to get their hand, like Shaw, for example, get their fingers in the in the Phoenix Foundation pie, number one. And number two, it just becomes like, once the wealthy find out that, you know, there's this, that now the mutants are making it available to everybody, they're going to find ways to circumvent the Phoenix Foundation and get on the list that they don't deserve. So that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, on paper, brilliant. In execution, there's a lot of drama that could come out of it. Well, of course, but that's why one Jean is a spearhead, and to our understanding at the moment, it could change, but she is the one that gets the final say on everything. It's separate from Krakoa. She does what she wants. It's essentially a separate charity that she runs on her own. It's like Emma Frost having her own business. Like, nobody can fucking touch that shit. Um, second thing, she does say that she is going to prioritize the vulnerable, the weak, the poor, and those whom the world has abandoned. Knowing Jean, I believe her. You're right, other people can try to meddle, but they're going to fucking lose because even Shaw, according to Scott, said, who can object to sick kids being prioritized? They'd be a monster. Shaw is in on this, too. Shaw knows about it. Shaw's down with it. Now, again, that can become nefarious down the road, I'm sure. Um, well, that can definitely be drama, but the thing the is, fact, is that it's a good start. The fact that Shaw commented on it tells me that, like, the wheels are turning in his head and how he can figure out how to make a profit off of it. You know, like... It's just sure, I, but he's not in the business. He'd have to basically invest in Jean's charity, and it's also not for profit. So, how do you invest in something that's not for profit? Well, the thing is, is the profit comes from the rich people that are paying to have their family members or whomever come back, 
or Gene won't allow that. Somebody would have to start something and get Gene out of the picture, which would also be incredibly shady. Yeah, it, the thing is, is like I'm not saying that anything is going to happen. I'm saying that 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 there's a possibility for it, and I'm actually, oh, of course, really, I'm really interested to see if it goes in that direction somehow because it the possibility is there, and it's it's so. And again, it's the reason I go back to the, the college admission scandal is like this is stuff that happens in our real life all the time. So it's not and when it and, the, and we're talking about college admissions, we're just talking about college. Now imagine it's about it's a life or death. There's no way people are not going to try and take advantage of it and 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 circumvent it and find their way. And I really hope to see like that in the stories coming up. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see drama there. Um, it's going to be a lot of people trying to find ways in to get involved and play nice with Jean to, you know, get her to, you know, let them be involved and then they take advantage. But yeah, no, I think, I don't know. I think more than anything, I'm less, cause drama's going to happen. So I'm not really worried about that. Um, my main concern is how do you judge someone? Cause again, this is judgment day, this whole event. How do you judge who is the vulnerable, the weak, the poor, and those whom the world has abandoned? How do you decide who is more poor quote than someone else? How do you decide who has been more abandoned than, you know, there, there's all these, the, the judgment here is going to be the problem to me. Like to me, that's what I'm excited to see. I don't disagree with you. And again, the drama is going to happen. But I think a lot of the drama is going to happen when people say, hey, my kid's been abandoned for 10 years. Why did this kid get, you know, brought back sooner? And then they're like, well, my kid just died from cancer. And it was terrible. We won the back. Like, there's just, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, it's funny. There's so many problems there. It's so funny because there is a real life, um, like, like metaphor or or simile for this, or if that's the right word, it which is which is organ transplantation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what gets somebody on the list? What makes it what gets them to the top of the list? Why does this person get it and not that person? Like going back to the whole attic thing we were talking about earlier, if Gene has the opportunity to bring back a, a, a like a teenager who died of an addiction, is mm. that is that a better idea than bringing back a teenager who died of cancer? Because if you bring back the addicted teenager, are they just going to be an addict again? It's it's and again, I'm not saying this as a judgment at all. I'm just talking about in like these are the thought processes that go through like your decisions as far as um, organ transplants. So I there, there's just so many similarities in those things. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy as well. Um, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, how do you decide those things? How do you decide who is worthy? How do you make judgment? Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm interested to see what this event does for the future, because I feel like this has set the tone for a lot of future stories going forward. Um, mm -hmm. If they, you know, if the, you know, editorial team and all that does the right thing and, and helping to guide and flourish these creator stories. Um, but all that said, the, the issue, the event ends, um, with this nice dialogue watching, you know, Celestial Ajax walking around and um, the last few panels say, judgment is ongoing. Your mistakes are cumulative. You should remember that every day when you wake in the morning, perhaps today is the day the species goes too far and the earth is doomed. Act accordingly. Every day is judgment day. And it ends with Celestial Ajax holding her thumb, getting ready to judge, but not actually judging. So... Mm -hmm. I think it was a pretty good ending. I mean, again, this this definitely wasn't a, a hugely life-shattering event, but I'm kind of glad it wasn't because I don't want life-shattering right now. I'm so tired. I don't need whiplash. <laughs> no, I agree. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, there was a Doctor Who episode with Christopher Eccleston 
um, where at the end, nobody died. Mm-hmm. And he, he has this moment where he's like, everybody lived for the first time. Everybody lived. And it's such a celebration and such a beautiful uh, episode. And I felt like that at the end of this, because when they brought back all the people who died, it was like, everybody lived. No, I mean, except for what's the face, Arjun, I think his name was, the guy who died because of Celestial. Mm-hmm. I mean, RIP. But um, everybody else came back. Everybody survived. And it that was beautiful. But Ajax makes a good point at the end. It's just, or I'm sorry, Ajax Celestia. Makes a good point at the end. You know, we, so it's cumulative. And what that says to me is like, we as a society, all of us have to work to like, you need to make sure every decision you make in the day, like every day, every decision you make has to, has to have a positive outcome or has to at least lend to something to positivity. You know what I mean? Like, don't go online and like call someone an asshole on Twitter unless they're being an asshole. But no, even then, like, don't, you know, don't be dicks uh, to people. Don't be rude. There's really no reason. It, everything should always be positivity and happiness and not toxic positivity. There's hard things in this world, but when it comes down to it, there's no reason to add to the hard things in the world, right? Like let the hard things exist, but you know, what what your contribution should be, your contribution should be happiness and positivity. And I agree with that. Yeah, I think um, number one, if you enjoyed the Judgment Day event, or at least the concepts of like, hey, what is judgment and, and how do we determine these things, things like that, you should definitely watch the show to Good Place, those you listening, if you haven't. Oh, it's only like three or four place. seasons, and it ended on its own terms. The writers wanted it to end, then they finished the story. It's a phenomenal show. It really looks into a lot of the stuff as well, and, and kind of like... Lisa's talking about with the, you know, judgment is, is cumulative, you know, it's, you know, you do this and subtracts, you do this, it adds back up, but the more everybody does good together, the more everybody moves up. Right. And so, yeah, these concepts are super interesting. I love that this has been uh, explored in this way. I hope to see these concepts further explored in each individual line. Even if I don't read them, whether it's the Eternals are exploring these themes more, whether it's the Avengers, whether it's the X-Men. I don't care. I just want to see them more explored because I think this is a great way to, um, you know, add more layers to these characters that some we've had for, you know, 60 plus years. You know what I mean? So it's refreshing in a lot of ways. Um, And of course, Kurt was amazing in it. Oh my gosh. That's what I was going to say. I forgot for a second, but you said Kurt and I remembered. Um, I really like seeing some people get the spotlight that they don't always get, including some of the Eternals, including not really any other Avengers other than Tony and Steve. So that was kind of disappointing, you know, to see not other people get the spotlight. But yeah, Kurt, oh my gosh, Kurt is a huge centerpiece now, not only in the X-Verse, but the Marvel-Verse. So in case y'all didn't know, Kurt is the answer. Kurt, hashtag Kurt is the answer. Oh my God. That's like the third or second or third hashtag we came up with today. Hashtag Kurt is the answer. I love it. (laughs) I love it too. I think, I mean, it's super important. Listen, I know it might sound a little culty. It doesn't need to be because even Kurt would not have a problem, you know, jumping on the hashtag trends. It's for a good cause and, and all that great stuff. And he has a great cause and we got real Kurt throughout this event, which is amazing. So I hope we see more Kurt, I think that's a big takeaway. Since we are a Nightcrawler pod, I know we didn't talk about him a lot this episode, y'all. Um, but he was great in this event. So if you didn't read this event and you're a Kurt fan, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You should read this event, like, ASAP. Oh, 100%. Totally agree. Read it. You're going to love every second of Kurt because he is literally the hero of heroes. I mean, he doesn't do as much in the last issue, but he... 
he's the reason that they got to where they're at. So thank you, Kurt. Thank you from the world. Thank you for saving us. You're amazing. We love you. Hashtag so. thank you, Kurt. Hashtag simply amazing, Kurt. You're welcome. Hashtag simply amazing, Kurt. Well, guys, thanks for joining us again for talking about this beautiful Judgment Day. Uh, hopefully there won't be another one soon because, you know, they, they, everyone deserves a vacation. <laughs> they all need to go and relax. Like they live on a gorgeous island. Go to the beach. Enjoy. Like, please put your, put your feet up. Put your tail up. Enjoy. Mood. Have a good time. Yes, exactly. So uh, thank you guys for joining us again. We always love talking about Kurt. Obviously, we've been doing it now for like close to 70 weeks, I think, or 60 weeks. I don't know. It's been a long time. But we are enjoying it. We're going to keep going until there's no more to talk about, which I don't see happening in the foreseeable future. So we're going to be here for a while. There's always Uh, more Kurt. Always more Kurt. Make room for Kurt. Hashtag. (laughs) Make room. That's like, oh, my God, like Jello. He's like, he Yeah. "Mm." so if you want to find us if you want to follow us please find us on our uh, we have a website with all of our socials we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on facebook we're on youtube-ish kind of we're on twitch so find us at simplyamazingpod.com uh we will be doing a live soon we keep talking about it uh watch the twitter we'll be doing a live we're going to be giving away a hand signed copy of excalibur number one by the chris claremont uh so and i have a fabulous chris claremont story i can't wait to tell you so we're going to talk about that uh at our live which is coming up soon hopefully in the next couple of weeks before thanksgiving let's say that before thanksgiving we're gonna have a live I'm, I'm i'm putting it out there i'm making it official before thanksgiving we'll have All right, a live. that means y'all uh, listeners hold us to it if we don't do it before thanksgiving uh, or like the week before thanksgiving you haven't heard about it yell at us on twitter please god because we want to keep our word i swear we fully intend it yeah we've been talking about this live for like weeks now and we keep our we keep not having the time to do it but we're gonna do it i promise because i have this chris claremont issue just sitting there waiting to be given away uh yeah so yeah come find us on twitter facebook all those things uh lauren where can they find you girl yeah you guys can find me on twitter at friendly mbhdbi you can find my other youtube channel there where i talk about a lot of indie comics things like that and yeah otherwise come around stick uh come for the cart rants and thirst and you know if you're into it stay for the supergirl thirst and me making a fool of myself because i do that too and uh if you're back out there right now and you're thinking to yourself am i doing good today am i doing bad today you know what Every day, you are simply amazing. 